you have something to say, Cody? Yeah, I nearly said hello. My name is Whiplash because I'm listening to Whiplash by Metallica. Jeez, oh, Cody. Hello, <laughs> my name is Whiplash. Wow, we're doing nicknames today. Anyways. Oh my gosh. Can you could you imagine meeting me and being like, hey Jordan, what's up? My name's Whiplash now. That's what I'm called. It's Whiplash. <laughs> Jeez, Cody. Uh, we're we're doing a cold open today because there's nothing that's gonna be better than that. Hey, I'm Jordan. This is World Shop. Who are you? I'm Whiplash. What's up? <laughs> I have I, I wear a very specific ensemble. Only black sunglasses, leather dusters, tight skin tight leather pants, and a giant combat boots. And also, then I just wear a fishnet. I wear a yeah, fishnet, just a, just a fishnet tank top, fishnet tank yeah. top on the inside, so you, just Naruto? like Jesse. Um, was it Jesse the Body Ventura from yes. uh, Commando? Yeah, that's me. Here, I'm gonna send you a picture. It's also that's the same look that Naruto has. Is he wears the fishnet like um, it's <laughs> um, tank top when he's fighting? Yeah. Anyway, Ventura fish. Yeah, no, I don't care. Yes. You're Naruto. You're a weeb. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh God, Cody! Uh, what is what has what have you been up to, Cody? I'm really in the weeds with this Jesse Ventura <laughs> fishnets. Cody, from Cody, come, come back, come back to the show, come back, Cody, come back. I'm sorry. What was the question again? <sighs> what have you been up to, you idiot? <laughs> well, I've been Cody, really stop looking at Jesse. Stop it. <laughs> so stop uh, it. <laughs> Lately, what I've been up to, I mean, we can have a brief interlude where we talk about Stranger Things because I think yeah, we very, both want to yeah. talk about Stranger Things. But I think we are legally obligated to talk about Stranger Things, even though I probably won't be able to get this episode out for like a week or two. Uh, so. I think other than Stranger Things, I started reading this really book that Mandy suggested to me called Trickster's Choice. It's really fun. It's about a spy in like fantasy medieval times but it's really cool they they do a good job of making a character who's a spy that very specifically doesn't ever show that she can fight so she doesn't which is fun because usually in books you're like action hero is the main character so it's fun to see someone who's like oh i don't want to show anyone what i can do so i just have to be behind the scenes and you know like manipulating and stuff so it's fun i'm enjoying it it's a it's a good read so far that's um, good let's see I've been well, getting... we can talk about Stranger Things for a little bit, but anyways, keep going. I, I, well, I'm going to let you do your stuff that we can, okay. you know, Oh, yeah, things. okay, yeah, let's get both things out and then... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Other than that, um, anyways, I've been getting really into Seven Days to Die again, which again, is unhealthy. Least. Boy, is that an unhealthy habit for me to have, but I love Seven Days to Die. They released a new alpha. It it, uh, it buffed bows, so now archery builds are, are pretty reasonable. I wish I had started using knives sooner in that game. Um, and I'm what designing is up with some you really close combat. Faces. Well, we talked about I'm cyberpunk not. today, and you're like really doing like knives and stuff. Cyberpunk, yeah. In in Seven Days to Die, you can't start the you can't do a pure range build. Like it's just not an option within the game. At some point, a zombie's gonna close in on you, and you're gonna have to do something. Yeah, like Call of Duty. Yeah. So either you do knives, clubs, um, sledgehammers, maybe shotguns, but even then you have to have ammo for that. So really knives, clubs, or sledgehammers, and this time I'm doing knives, and it's really... Oh, you can do like stun batons, but those suck. Um, so yeah, this time it's knives, really enjoying that. It's just a fun game. I like base building. It's got like a good amount of farming, loot collecting. It's just, it feels good to play. I set... 
the speed of the game way up so I can actually get through any of it because I don't have time to play it that much. But yeah, Seven Days to Die. If you ever want to play Seven Days to Die and ignore your other friends with me, offers always on the table. I barely have time to play video games. So the time that you have, don't play games that you like. Instead, play games with me. And the other time I have spending with uh, my partner, so can't really Don't do that either. Just spend time with me. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> really quick, I will apologize to the audience if there are audio uh, issues because I was leading my headphone directly next to the mic, so you might hear Cody's audio on my track for like a minute or two. Whoops. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, so what I've been doing, we already talked about Homunculus. I'm not going to talk about it on the show. Um, I actually started reading the Trigun manga because they are releasing a new Trigun anime. So, in the soon i don't know when and it looks interesting but they're doing cgi animation which i'm really tired of seeing because it's never good um i you know i i have mixed feelings on the cgi animation i've seen it done where i don't mind it can i've be seen good. it done by odd it can be good but usually it's just done in order to push something out let's just do it well the first time so we don't have to, like, do it again. I'm also speaking of doing it again. Apparently they're making yet another Death Note live action. Um, <laughs> is it is it made in Japan or America? No, but it's by the guys who did Stranger Things, speaking of. Is it made in Japan or America? It's by the guys who did Stranger Things, so it's going to be made in America. Well, I mean, they could make movies other places. My point is, is it going to be cast exclusively by a bunch of white guys? It's by the guys who did Stranger Things, so probably. Well, I mean, that's not a guarantee, but why? They've done this twice. Why are they doing it? Anyways, um, the other thing that I've been doing, I've been listening to this podcast called Risk, um, which is... What? Is it about Risk, the board game Risk? No. Um, it, it's... It's a storytelling podcast, but not in the way that we tell stories, like we tell fantasy and fictional stories. Um, it's like all real life stories that people like, you know, wouldn't dare say anywhere else. So they tell them on this podcast and they could be any stories from like, so, like a weird sexual adventure to like, um, something super sad. And, um, I'm really enjoying it because I really like hearing people's real life stories. And some of them are like quite extraordinary. Other ones are really funny. Uh, like there was one chick who like told a story about how she had a psychic at her birthday and how that completely ruined her birthday party. Um, like, it's it's I'll send you that story. It's really funny. You know, psychics are one of those weird ones where I'm like, you know, there's a part of me that thinks it'd be fun to see a psychic, but it's either going to be mean to them or ruin my life. Yeah. So so the psychic at this girl's birthday party, like this is like uh middle school or whatever at this middle school birthday party she told the story about um the psychic told her that her father doesn't love her <laughs> and now you can imagine what the rest of the story is like see that wouldn't bother me i would just i would just play into it at that point like i always knew it my dad hates me but I have just so imagine, many issues imagine you know? being like a young girl and then like, oh yeah your dad doesn't love you he's like how do you know my dad doesn't love you well he's not here right now Oh my god, does my dad love me? <laughs> it's like, but you, I'll have to send you that story. It's very funny. But yeah, the podcast Risk, it, it's pretty good. And it's just like a lot of different types of stories. Some of them are raunchy. Some of them are super sad. I love a good super sad story because I love melancholy. Anyways, Cody, let's talk about some things that are stranger. Uh, or, yeah. Wait, hold on. Sorry, I had to go run up that hill. <laughs> Running up that hill. I'm running up it that was, hill. You said something the other day that made me laugh because I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, 
is Master of Puppets by Metallica gonna get the same like re up that uh running up that hill by Kate Bush got? And you're like, well, they didn't play Master of Puppets 800 times in this <laughs> story, and they did that to Kate Bush. I'm like, true, like even as like a like background white noise running up that hill has been played like multiple yeah, times. Yeah, in the anytime show. Max was on screen, you know, but it's funny because had... I mentioned this, it's like that is a cassette tape. And it's not just a single because she mentions it's 43 minutes long. So there's other songs. But yet every time we see her, she's only listening to the one. And we've never seen her stop rewinds to play. So, okay, this is unrelated, sort of. You, you've listened to Metallica, right? Yes. Is sir. there a reason that all of their albums feel like they were mixed in a trash can? Is that just like <laughs> is that just like a thing? I was listening that's, to Master that's a, of Puppets. I think that's a thrash rock thing, honestly. I think it was just that they had bad producers. <laughs> Either that, I, I, because I feel like a lot of thrash rock like that sounds exactly like that. Well, it does. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think that I don't think that was like artifice. I think that was poor quality because these records were produced like you know. It, it, you know, in a back alley by someone who doesn't care. But, man, I don't know what it is. Every time I listen to a Metallica album, I'm like, why do James Hetfield's vocals sound like they're coming through a cotton wall from your neighbor's house? Like, I don't know. It's fine. Sing it again, James. It's it's not it's not that Metallica's bad. It's that I think of Metallica the same way I think of Weezer. It's because I don't necessarily, I'm not a Metallica head, but I do like Metallica songs. I don't like Weezer, but I do like Weezer songs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody likes Weezer. <laughs> anyway, I mean, so, yeah, I, like I do Weezer. like Weezer. It's like, oh, what's your favorite Weezer album? Well, I like this one song. It's like anything else? Nope. Well, you okay, don't that's like true Weezer for any band that has like a hit, you know? <laughs> you only like the five songs that have been played over and over again. Um, but yeah, so Cody, yeah, what are some general thoughts? Because we've already talked about this with us. We did like, already talk about it, so. What what are your thoughts on this end of the season as compared to the rest of it? Do you think they did a did they do you, did you yeah. do you think they stuck the landing? Do you think they did a better job at tying it up? Like what what are your thoughts on it? I think in general for me, what this season got better for me was most of the more main characters with a lot of caveats. So. Yeah. I've always really liked Hopper in this show. Like, from season one, Hopper's been great. Um, season three really felt like it It missed with Hopper. Like, Hopper, to me, was never a joke character. Yeah. Like, what was fun about him in season one is you see this, like, sleepy sheriff from a town, and everyone, no one kind of takes him seriously. It's like this tiny little town. And then the more you learn about Hopper and the more Hopper does, you realize, like, oh, no, he's not an idiot. He's here because he wants to quit on life. Like, you know, it's like they joke about calling him Fat Rambo in the third one, you know, the yeah. third season. But I'm like, no, that's kind of what he is. Like, he's, the like, war-weary for some reason. You don't know all the reasons until the fourth season. But he's, like, quit on his life and is in, you know, this tiny town in Indiana because he just, you know doesn't want to be involved anymore yeah and also because indiana swallows people whole anyways well and I, I think technically you know he was from indianapolis originally but whatever um yeah i, I said what i said <laughs> <laughs> but um so he was like not a joke character he wasn't goofy 
you know, and him and Joyce related to each other really well. And I thought their relationship was very, I don't know if natural is the right word. You could tell that they cared about each other. And I liked that it wasn't romantic in the first season. They were just friends. Um, but then, yeah, by the time you get to season three, he's just like a doofus for some reason. And I'm like, no. And I really liked that in season four, like prison hopper was back to being kind of grim and miserable and a little bit more introspective than just um like yelling at Joyce and wearing stupid clothes and having a bad mustache, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was a the ball there, but you know, whatever. Yeah, that was a welcome change for me. Um, so I enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed most of the characters. I do think it suffers from an issue that they had a lot and a lot and a lot of characters and some of them were underwritten and boy, the main character in season one was really good. Like Finn Wolf Hart, uh, little joke for Jordan. Um, you know, like he was a good actor in the first season, thought he did fine. And by the time we've gotten here, it's like, I don't particularly know what he does in the show anymore. (laughs) You know, it's like my favorite thing he's been in have been the, um, pup music videos that he's in. Yeah. He's great in those. You're a degenerate. You know that? Like it's frightening. (laughs) I love pup. Pup get a restraining order on you and Diana. Probably more, more so me than anybody else. Anyways. Um, but I think they dropped the ball with a lot of characters in this season. Like, like I said to you earlier, it's like all Will did was cry. Uh, all Finn Wolfhart did with Finn Wolfhart. Um, all he did was, um, man, I just wait, wait, love wait. Eleven so much. All I want to do is be with Eleven. <laughs> I think I'm useless, but that's okay. I'm just gonna go off to my girlfriend. It's like, okay, Jonathan's just like. I'm a pothead. Argyle's just like, I'm a pothead. Um, and it's like, it's just, it wasn't good. But the, the California crew sucked. And I'm like, even Eleven, I just didn't care about her, like anything that was happening with Eleven. Eleven I liked more, actually. I, I was cool with Eleven. I thought it was kind of fun. The Like her thinking she was a villain and then having to like learn what happened in her backstory. And oh man, no, that that was a, a like heartbreaking, but also kind of like... Yeah, he deserves this scene. It's oh, when, like, uh, yeah. her, you know, Dr. Papa Daddy? is, like, yeah. dying on the ground. He's like, hold my hand, say you understand. And she just, like, puts his hand down and walks away. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> like, oh, dang, he is dying. <laughs> yeah, this is, it's, like, cold. But, I mean, also, I get it. Yeah, right? You know, it's like, you I get mean, screwed look, by like, this guy minutes, so many times. Ten minutes ago, uh, he did stab her in the neck with a needle. It's like, no, he will stay, and you let your friends die. Well, that's the thing, is, like, I- I've always kind of liked that guy. Like, that character has always been interesting, because he's not, like, mustache-twirling evil. He has yeah. a reason for what he's doing. It's just, you know, he's abusing kids for a reason that, that <laughs> we've kind of decided that's bad. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what your reason is, that's messed up, you know? Um, that's yeah, why we don't good. do experiments on kids in secret, you know? Or at least hopefully we don't. We're not supposed to. We've agreed as a society <laughs> that's bad. Yeah, it's like, hey, can we um stop doing this? Yeah, thank you. Um, But yeah, I just, there, there's like a lot of things that I did like about it. There's, there's, there was a lot, but then there was you a lot You know something I did, we like, didn't talk about? Yeah, what up? That gunfight in season one where they're like escaping from California and the like 
oh, two the, different yeah, parts cops, of the U.S. Yeah. government are like having a shootout in the buyer's house. That was a really tense gunfight. That was actually really good. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, you were saying something. Actually, and so that's the thing. It was kind of confusing because it was all just generically dressed military dudes. So I was very confused at some points with the two separate groups of generically dressed military dudes. Like when the attack happens and they like, are like, oh yeah, everybody evacuate. I was like, wait, are they letting these people go? What's happening? It's like, oh no, no, these are the good generically dressed military dudes and then like the other time like when um the one doctor dr owens was getting like beat up i thought like, oh are the freaking other generically just military dudes there and no that was just it just got confusing because there was like barely any differentiation it's weird that there's military good guys military bad guys and russians and i'm like just cut one of those out like have military and Russians and, you know, the Russians want to use L and he wants to stop the Russians from using L. So, like, they bust in to get L and are killing everybody. Or or the Russians think L is a threat, so they have to kill her to keep us from having an L, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, weird that they added, like, an evil colonel. And I'm like, I don't really know how the military works. I'm not going to pretend like I do. So, military people, if you're listening to this, you can, like, scream and correct me. But I'm like, can this really happen where you have, like armed conflict between disparate colonels <laughs> that are like does that ever happen just like oh it's tuesday like i'm gonna command my platoon of guys to kill this guy this colonel over here's platoon of guys i'm like that's called i think that's feudalism right like yeah it's just, sort of our structure of military was literally in opposition to <laughs> feudalism where you would have like people getting in honor fights for no reason you know but so it was weird to me that didn't quite make sense i have to assume that's going to be a season five thing yeah I, I assumed that um military general who is still very much alive and had a helicopter yeah. so totally could have caught up with them he's coming back i assumed yeah. that the guy who was absolutely right there and watched them leave is coming back yeah colonel bad guy I colonel bad guy that. yeah who's just he, he's kind of mustache twirling but whatever he's what mustache twirling he's kind of just like yeah, oh yeah i'm just right. an evil guy he's who just... tortures people and immediately like will kill you yeah, yeah. right and, which you know like fine i mean i'm fine with that villain existing i guess it just felt weird that they needed to have that villain but again they had a lot of plots they had to justify you know and so so, so how do you get here's the thing that kept happening and like i understand why it happens because we have so many characters so we have to make him care but they kept doing that they would have two characters go off and have like an intimate conversation and while a lot of that could be good and there were some good ones that did happen. A lot of them I didn't care about. Like the Do you want to know what my I like Antonov, one was? but I didn't care about the Yuri and Antonov conversation at all. I get you. Do you want to know what my favorite one was? What which one? The really intimate, like one-on-one scene with Eddie Munson and the bats. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> where, he gets, go. where he gets eaten alive. That was my favorite you, you I know, you, you, you hated Eddie, but I, I liked his I, character. Okay, so I if think that he had thing, some of the best scenes in the entire uh, season. The problem is he had high highs and low lows. I thought that his... Because I agree, the, the scene you're talking about, right, is him talking to Chrissy, mm, yeah. Mrs. Cheerleader. Yeah, Chrissy, um, yes. I thought that scene was great. I thought, you know, straight out of Breakfast Club. Good scene. Perfect for the tone. Um, his whole, like, screaming on a table about Dungeons and Dragons and metal music, I was, like, rolling my eyes 
I, okay, I wasn't alive in the 80s, whatever. I played Dungeons and Dragons and listened to metal in a small high school in Indiana. And at no point did I do anything like that. And I never saw anyone do anything like that. I knew people that thought it was satanic. I knew people that thought it was weird. I listened to metal. And you know what? We all were in band class together and it did not matter all that much. I'm just like, oh, it was the most. And his band. Oh, that guy who they just cast to look bad. I don't know what that is where they're like, hey, like, here's a dumpy looking guy. Like, can you just look terrible and make a blank face? Like, yeah, I could just stand here. Yeah. I'll play the guitar. Like, dude, get out of here. Like, man, I don't know. Hollywood's mean to you. Because you know what guy I'm talking about? He's in a lot of things. Yeah. It's just that guy. Yeah, he he's the dumpy looking. <laughs> yeah, it's just like stand yeah. there and look terrible. Good job. You've done it. I hated it. Hated his band. I, don't know. I I liked Eddie. I like I like like I said. He has some of the be- better scenes in the entire season. Um, yeah, like the one with the bats. Yeah, I agree. God, you're the worst. Um, Vecna was a dumb villain. <laughs> you know, I, like Vecna kind of like won me over at the end just because he's so evil. You know, <laughs> have you ever been so <laughs> evil? <sighs> yeah, you know, at some point, I don't mind a villain that's just like I just love spiders and killing people. Like, hey, you know what? I that character has a passion. He's trying to live his best life, which is he wants to look at spiders and kill people for fun. You know, I don't know. I just the whole thing where they like, of course he's getting like basically tapped a little bit with the shotgun blast, but the last shotgun blast sends him through a window like ten feet back. Like it's just like oh that last like slow. We're, we're only we're only dorky. doing this in order to have another season, which I thought this was the last season, but we're only only having him fly back ten feet through a window to have another season. Great, cool, because we can't this do is, the kill shot. Great, awesome. This is gonna sound uh, this is gonna sound bad, but like burning people to death death on film is actually really hard to do well. Um, so the problem is they like lit him on fire and he, like, yeah, and then he just, fell like, out the window. So then they could have just like have him burn to death there. Yeah. Oh, like how the fire get put out and why didn't you just keep shooting him with a shotgun yeah, out of the and window then go, and know? then go down to the ground and like cap him. Cause he is the you, evilest of all evils. Yeah. You've seen a horror movie. You, you quadruple tap and then remove the head. I do love that. There's a Friday the 13th movie where that happens. Like, yeah, right. they kill Jason, and he's like, yay, we did it, and they're all hugging, and then the little kid grabs the machete and shoves them all aside, <laughs> as Jason's, like, looking around, it's just, like, hacks his head to bits, and I'm like, that kid gets yeah, it. Yeah, but th- th- that's, like, the thing that, like, about us, like, oh, yeah, it's like, after all this, we came there, and then none of us made sure this dude was dead. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we shot Zombieland him out of a, we right shot there. this ethereal like otherworldly monster who has been shown to have a resilience as he took seven like shots to the chest that still lived and we didn't go outside to make sure he was dead um no but the thing that i didn't like about that scene is that when you catch someone on fire and you're just using like after effects to do the fire or whatever it's clearly just fire floating on his body and it doesn't like look like it's doing damage so he's just like walking at them on fire you know and it's like eh, you don't you just look like you're warm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't... I do like how they, like, tried their hardest to explain why he was, like, a gray, like, leathery monster. And then they're like, yeah, no, this doesn't make sense either. He's just a gray, leathery monster. <laughs> Eleven used Palpatine rays on him, and then he licked a spider. And now he yeah, looks that, like that. Yeah, that, oh, yeah, like, he he's just, like, he looks like... He looks like, um, oh. a Resident Evil villain. 
You know what I want to make? I need to figure out how to make this meme. I want to make one that says Mind Flayer not even once and then show (laughs) (laughs) Like show like him looking all like pretty like, hey, I'm the Dumbledore from the Harry Potter movies and flashbacks. And then like Mind Flayer not even once. Yeah. No, that was. uh, Yeah. Was he? I think that was Dumbledore. Yeah, he was either Dumbledore or Grindelwald in flashbacks. Yeah. Anyways, we got to get to this show because, you know. That's the thing we had to do. It, look, my over, flare, overall Jordan, thoughts, even like, I think, like, in all, it was fine. I, I, I enjoyed <laughs> I just, it. I think it needs to end, like, next season. Jordan, I'm ignoring what it. if next week you signed on and I was just <laughs> full Vecna, just, like, standing here, like, <laughs> naked, just gray skin with, like, tentacles all over me, like, what's up? How's it going? Like, did you... Did you mind flare this weekend? Like, no, what do you say that for? This is how it looked now. If you were, I think it would be hilarious if you came in just full back done. I just feel like, I don't think I would if be there's able one to thing say I love, Jordan. He's like walked in, it's like full back done. It's like, yep. <laughs> I, was like, like, no, I just love the idea too, because I don't know if they ever show him like crotch down. <laughs> I think because he's naked, right? Yeah, he's, so like, he's he just naked. Have, is he just like Kendall down there? Does he like have a butthole still? Oh, uh, he's young Grindelwald, and he's also in Twilight. Young Grindelwald, yeah. As yeah, I knew he was. Cassie's I knew that. Well, yeah, I, I knew that he was in the flat. He's he's in a flashback stealing the elder elder wand. Um, Ooh, the Game of Thrones untitled prequel. He was in the canceled pilot for that. <laughs> Good, <laughs> cancel that, please. Um, yeah. Rain keeps falling. He was also in the stage down. played of Bendit like Beckham. Yeah, that fits actually. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He was Grindelwald in all the Harry Well, in the flash yeah. the two flashbacks. In the flashbacks. Fast yeah. Fantastic Beast did also um also Frickin' uh uh Deathly Hollows. I think overall it was good. Yeah, I, I think there should only be one more season they should end it because it's gonna get real dumb real soon. Also, it completely eclipsed of- umbrella academy which also came out recently okay jordan here's the thing about umbrella academy i don't like I it know. i don't care i know you don't i know, I know but that's like the i other know you heavy know hitter. this because we've argued about it anywho um i don't think it's been a heavy hitter since season one did anyone care about season yeah, two season, that's why they got such a big season three is because everybody cared about season two they kept like youtube kept like advertising clips of them like dancing to a song and i was just like and i keep scrolling keep scrolling scroll 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 yeah anyways but yeah um cody what are we doing this week we're reading our stories okay, great you um, want to roll for it well you're proofreading your story I guess. <laughs> yeah right i i blind so basically what's happening and why this is coming out so much later than i want it to come out as you audience will now know what's happening um is i am moving yet again and work is sending me on a bunch of travel so i am very busy and i literally uh was gone from my apartment the week before I moved for an entire week. So yeah, it's been busy and things are not the greatest, but not also not, not the greatest. So Cody, you want to roll for um, who gets to go first? I rolled already. It's happened. Yeah, you, you roll like a three and I'm going first. As you, I haven't rolled yet. Cause I can't find my dice. We'll roll. And I'll tell you what I rolled okay, here. 11. <laughs> That's ironic. 19. Finally, Sinner. this is the first time out of, like nine chapters for me that you've gone first i think it's actually the second time uh, but, either know. two out of like nine or ten weeks cody that's not good it's not great no, no that is not extremely great. low number anyways you're okay fine. i need to put I'm on some so... spooky 
lo-fi music. Oh yeah, we finally gonna get this whole thing about um what's her name finding about how she was snapping people's fingers back in the day. I should have really just skipped that scene. You know how mad I would have been? You know how absolutely annoyed I would have been if it was like, oh yeah, and now we're at the diner again. It's like I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> excuse me just start the story over <laughs> it's like, uh, excuse um me. yeah so these are two memories that are playing back to back basically so the one before this was about leonard now this one's about Liv. that's all you need to know i forgot to color code a section of it so if there's a part where it gets a little confusing i am sorry um so this is kind of leading in this is like the last passage from two chapters ago leading into this thing she grabbed my hand, and I felt the world go dark. I snapped awake in a dark city lit by glowing neon lights. I was looking at myself. I was looking at myself slowly and methodically breaking the fingers of a young woman's hand one by one. She was screaming and crying, tears running down her face. It was the kind of crying that's impossible to watch, just horrible. Snot ran out of her nose. The screams were wild and animalistic. Humanity shed as she watched in horror as a woman that sure did look a lot like me snapped her fingers. I wanted to look away, not just from the image of fingers breaking, but I also wanted to look away from what I guess had to be my face. Some other me's face. This version of me look this version of me looked overjoyed. She was laughing with glee as each finger snapped. She looked like she loved what she was doing. It made me sick. Finally, she snapped the pinky and stopped. Mm. The woman with the broken fingers slumped as the other me finally quit. Wow, finally stopped. Sorry, badly written sentence there now that I'm reading it out loud. I know, I know I shouldn't have done it. I was wrong and stupid. Please just tell him, tell him I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted to get out of here. That's all. Calm down, calm down. Take a deep breath. Now be specific. What do you want me to tell Harry exactly? Specifically, what did you take and why? I don't need to hear whining. I don't need to hear begging. I just need to know what to tell Harry precisely. Keeping in mind he is a being of pure malice with a, with a body ruined by the effort of creating our glowing home under the rocks and who then rebuilt his body with corrupt technology and stolen body parts. And what you want me to tell him, just to be sure here, is sorry from you. No, 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 I stole it, I did. I stole the key to the surface elevator. I know who he sends to the surface to tempt desperate people down here. I know what demons he uses for that. And you drugged one of them? No, not exactly, he drugged himself. I just got him to follow me out into an alley. The other me's face changed. She had been calm, almost cheerful. Then her face hardened. It didn't look like fear or anger exactly, more like she was disgusted. She grabbed the woman's broken hand as the woman screamed, What? Are you fucking telling me? Paxton, the demon responsible for resource acquisition, got high on some fucking mystery drug while he had the key out of this place? Yes, yes, I swear to don't even finish that sentence. You know what really pisses me off about all of this? Acquisition technically outranks us lowly demons in retention. All demons and devils care about is tempting and corrupting mortals. But then some of us have to stay here with you wretched things to keep you down here in perpetual misery and servitude. But then, dumbass Paxton lets himself get robbed because drugs are cool. Um, does, does that mean that you're gonna let me go and he's gonna get in trouble instead? 
Oh, hon, I'm going to ruin his life for this. This is my ticket out of the retention department. Exactly, exactly, I can help you. Right, right, so just keep talking. What happened next? Well, I knew he had the key. I knew he was about to pass out. I work in the neon club, so, you know, I can tell when people are about to faint. It didn't take much. I just said that I needed to show him something in the alley. I think he assumed I was flirting, but honestly, at that point, I could have told him I had a basket of puppies and he would have followed me out there. He was so gone. Well, hang on. How did you know he had the elevator key? Oh, yeah, he was bragging about it. He was showing it to all his friends, you know, trying to impress people. Oh, yes. I am going to ruin that fuck. Okay, go on. So, I mean... I saw an opportunity, I was being proactive, Harry should be proud of me for that, and I grabbed the key off of him and I ran. I made it to the elevator and the key worked, but... But unfortunately, I'm really good at retention and unscheduled elevator usage is monitored and reported to... That's right, me. Yes. And I was asleep. Yes. Because it was very late. Yes. So... I got up and had to ensure that you stayed in this lovely home. Yeah, yes, that's right. So, you are sorry for waking me up, making me work, and you are sorry for trying to escape by taking advantage of one of Harry's favorite demons. I thought you said you hated Paxton! Sure, I do. We're equals. I'm allowed to hate him. You should know better than to take- than to try to fuck with a demon. I do, I do, and I learned my lesson. Hmm, no. You haven't. Not yet. What do you mean? Snap. I watched myself start breaking the fingers of her other hand, slowly, one by one. She was howling in pain again, and I felt my mind blur. I couldn't look away, but the disgust at what I was seeing was so great I felt like I was in shock. My stomach was a cold pit. This is what I was, I guess. A person that loved to torture people and that could laugh while she did it. A person that didn't care about hurting someone. They were all right. Rachel should have tased me and let her di- and let her giant dog kill me. The memory moved on, and I watched myself standing alone on a tram, purple light sliding through the illuminated car. There was a gentle sway on the tram uh, and an occasional clatter. I watched myself sway with sway sway in place, foot tapping, body hunched. She held a lit cigarette and stared at the floor. It was eerie. A moment ago she was bl- gleefully breaking bones. And now she just stood, fidgeting, smoke curling around her figures. You were quite the beast! Good God! What, did you think you were alone down here? Yeah, I I know, but you scared me. I scared you? That's ironic, is it not? I just watched you... I just watched your past self-torture lady trying to leave this place. I think I might be glad that I'm not tangible at the moment. That... That's not me. I don't remember doing that. You said you wanted to know who you were. This memory is a good summary of who you were before you left. What? Was... I was just some lunatic that tortured people? Really, thank you for the help on letting me know that. That's not the only thing in this memory. What, what, am I supposed to gain something by looking at myself alone on a train? Well, yes, of course you are. You know what? I'm sick of that. That is not what I wanted to see, and you knew that. (sighs) What did you want? You said you wanted to know your past. Well, here it is. Whatever. You know what? I might have had problems back, I guess, now, but you didn't have to show me this. I get it. I was horrible. Thanks for the help. Now can we just get this over with? (sighs) I don't think you were horrible, Liv. I think that you did horrible things for a horrible person. Well, what's the damn difference between that and being horrible? Nothing. That's the secret. I snort. I can feel my blood boiling. I am glad that we're not tangible at the moment as well, now that I think about it.
The memory drags on. The old lady and I watched the memory of Liv standing, hunched and alone. She never really smoked the cigarette, just let it smolder. The tram slowed and bumped to a stop, the door sliding open onto a hallway comprised of burning neons and dark shadows. My past self was tense, her shoulders taut, pain etched on her face. She exhaled and then arranged her bodies. Shoulders back and loose, spine straightened, hands and arms languid but tense as if she was trying to display muscles. Then I watched as my stricken face melted into a lazy, indifferent smirk. This new me strutted out of the tram. A man scampered up. He had metal running through his arms, and limbs clearly had been removed and modified and reattached. He had a clear limp and seemed to be speaking through a partially simulated robotic voice. Miss Liv, so glad you could make it here to see... Fuck off, creep! I watched as the new confident me shoved the little man over sprawling on the ground and kicked a door open at the end of the hallway. What's up, Harry? I found the runaway. Liv, my number one champ. Gotta say, my guy, I'm used to more decorum from my subordinates. The room was dark with slashes of purple, but the figure I watched myself talk to made me shriek. He was a mess of robotic robotics and limbs with one normal head in the center watching him move was like watching an anthill mesmerizing and sickening somehow though the past me seemed to be totally unfazed she just sat down in a chair legs up on the armrest oh come on harry you love me love you now don't get too friendly here Liv. i'm always a professional and i never play favorites I am everyone's favorite, and you know why that is, Harry? You know why you put up with me? Because I'm always the best at what I do. Not only did I get the card, I also figured out how she got it. Okay, okay, now you've got me interested. I do want to know how. Was it the black market? Did she kill someone? Cat burglar, maybe? No. No, Harry. She took it off Paxton, who had drugged himself into a stupor in an alley with the ticket out of hell in his pocket. That poor woman just happened to notice. Are you sure? Are you sure it was Paxton? Well, the card has his name on it, and he is a dumbass, so yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Well, that just will not do on so many levels. A claw reached out and clicked the intercom. Jen? Jen, can you please bring me Paxton's head on a platter? Pretty please. You know, Jen, I'm worried you might not have... I'm worried you might have misheard me. Let me say it again. I don't mean get me Paxton quickly. I mean I want Paxton's head and not the rest of him on a plate in my office ASAP. Thanks, darling. I watched myself snort. No more than he deserves. So here's what I'm thinking. I might be annoying, sure, but I get the job done and done right every time. So why not just... Bump me up. Paxton's gone. You don't have. You need someone to replace him in acquisition. So just give me the card, and I can get started right away. Are you done with that obviously practiced speech? Yeah, I guess. Okay, well here's mine. You are not in the clear here, Liv. You are a rat, and clearly trying to grub your way out of here just as much as the woman that robbed me and the soon-to-be-dead Paxton. And I never want to hear you call someone who tried to escape from my domain as a poor woman again. She's a convict, nothing else. Now, you get out of my sight before I get angry. 
What the hell, Harry? I did my job. The monster lunged at my old self. I didn't even flinch. You did the job how I tell how I told you to, and you don't get extra credit for doing it right. As far as I'm concerned, that is the bare minimum. If you don't want to end up like Paxton. Fuck you, Harry. My memory stood up and walked out the door. Live. Be a champ and leave the key. She froze, finely tensing. I could see my face gritting in rage. She pulled the key card. Uh, she pulled the key card out of her pocket and dropped it on the floor and walked out. Back in the tram, my memory clutched herself, whimpering quietly. Her hands were shaking, all the swagger gone. That dumbass Paxton can't be the only person that has a card to the elevator. End of chat. Interesting. Yeah, you really like writing for the... I mean, I don't know if you set this all in error or not, but you really like writing for the devil. Yeah, I think I don't. I, say that? I, th- no, I, I, I think you said maybe it right said before, that before we started. We started recording. But yeah, no, you you really you I really so. like writing for the devil, buddy. Yeah, I do. it's very yeah, it's, it's very it's, clearly it's, it's like the only complaint is the more and this sounds bad me saying it like this, but it's more about you than the story. Is that there was one point where you were doing Harry's voice for Liv, and I didn't know who was talking. It, the those two voices are actually pretty close, which I did not realize until yeah. I was reading it out, and I'm like, oh shoot, I was like trying to differentiate them more. No, but that is. A note I yeah agree yeah with I got confused sure. on who was talking because I do recognize the different yep. voices you do and I'm just like wait what he wait hold on and then I finally got that you were just do like it took me a bit but I finally got that you were just doing the wrong voice but yeah no no that I, that's I, fair. I mean I like the chapter itself um man you're definitely doing some things and I'm definitely surprised by like some of them I mean like again I know where the story is going and also hold on. Did it the last chapter end with her be like, hey, this is all a scam. I hate this. So, like, what else is going to happen in her flashback where she's going to be like, hey, this is all you don't have to tell. Me. No, she just hates. Oh, that, she's um, hate that she, she just hates that all that that she had to watch this version of herself that. Oh, so she's not going to go back to being that version. Interesting. So what I said in the last chapter was she can see her memories, but she doesn't like remember them like they are hers. So she's just watching them like they're on television. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's like looking in a pensive, like from freaking uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a Harry Potter pensive situation. Yeah, everything I do is always derivative, George. That's Thank not what I was for, saying. Uh, I I don't no, do that no, to make fine. you it's feel fine. bad. I do that so that I can have an understanding. That's why I say these things. I'm not doing this to be like, oh, you're derivative. I'm like, oh, this reminds me of this thing. Is that the image I should be having in my head? I'm crying. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think that basically everything is derivative. Like, you're, well, that's all we do is rip off stuff. Saying this thing to remind myself of what it looks like so I have an image in my head. Anyways, everything's derivative. But no, I, I like your story still. Well, obviously still, because I'm sitting here um, as much as I can to listen to it. But yeah, no, I, I like it. I, In spite uh, of everything, I still like your story. Thanks, you George. are twisting my words, <laughs> and I'm not saying them correctly. I like your story. <laughs> I like what you're doing. I really like the character of Liv. I think you love the devil as writing the character. I don't know if you like or say to this type thing, but you love the devil. You love writing for him. <laughs> I had to cover my bases before you came at me. New new favorite <laughs> quote from Jordan. I don't know if you're a Satanist type thing. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, uh, I, yeah, Jordan, I'm, I'm a Satanist type a thing. Big shovel in my hand. I'm just digging. 
digging a hole, and I have, you like, climbing. me and Eddie Munson, both Satanist-type things. The radio edit of Master of Puppets. He specifically played the radio edit. <laughs> yes, I know you're I know you're a fan of Eddie Munson. All right, Jordan, hit me with your story. Jordan, could you go ahead and hit me with your best shot? Baby, hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Do you want to know what does frustrate About me a little what? bit? Is, like... I don't particularly care how long my chapters yeah. are, but there is a length generally that I'm going yes. for, right? <laughs> this chapter was short, but it wasn't short in page count. And I'm like, the frick am I supposed to? It was seven pages long. But it's also <laughs> how, like, because like, seven pages of your writing is much different than seven pages of my writing. I will Sure, because yeah, there's a I lot of dialogue. Read, I'm reading but, about seven pages of my work, and we will see the complete difference in length. Yeah, but it just kills me, because I've had it before where I'll write seven pages, and it's 25 minutes, and I'm like, I'm aiming for like 18 to 20-ish, you know? So I was like a little short this time, from what I, I could have added more detail, but I'm like, but I got seven pages, and I didn't want to make it 45 minutes long. But I cannot tell when it's going to be super long and when it's going to be super short, and I don't know if that's I'm reading too fast. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I, I think this, it's is, uh, how this is a random you brain. do dialogue, and I also think it's kind of like the conundrum that we ran into when we were doing the audio dramas, is that dialogue is much quicker than you think it is, and it will always be much quicker. Oh, yeah. Because like, our yeah. audio drama pages were like five or six pages, but it was like five minutes of reading, because yeah. dialogue oh, is yeah. very quick. And I think that's like the thing, is if you have a heavy dialogue, maybe like aim a little bit more because yeah you know i, I kind of try to do that adjustment but usually but seven also pages you can is have like... a little bit more description because i noticed that you i mean i know that it's your strong point is dialogue not descriptions but like i noticed that you don't describe as heavily as you could or even as heavily as i do because i describe i'm a dumbass Oh, no, that's very true. And some of that's, like, on purpose that I, like, don't, yeah, I, like, don't like it and I don't want to spend time on it. But then, yeah, on this one, it's like, yeah, I definitely could have more because I had the time. I just did, yeah, it's, I think sometimes I need to, like, read it and time myself and then go, okay, yeah. that was short. I'll add, I can add in some, like, good flavor text it's here or whatever. Because there were definitely bits there where I could have added in some nice descriptions and it would have been good. I just thought I was at time, so I was like, no, it's fine. And now I'm like, it oh, is shoot, that's kind of all short. about a but balance. Anyways. And I think we are on opposite sides of the balance. Like you are a very dialogue heavy and I'm very just like, here's some words, eat them all. <laughs> so <laughs> I also do think I tend yeah, to be brief. I mean, that's you know? fine. Like brief works are good works. It doesn't matter. But anyways, I'm going to read my story. You're going to see the sheer difference between a heavy description story and heavy dialogue story. Um, I put for myself two stopping points, and I don't know which one I'm going to hit. Because, like, like there's one there's one at one place, but then there's one where it's, like, a page of heavy, like, two pages of heavy dialogue afterwards. And I don't know if that's a good stopping point to do before the dialogue or not. So we're good. It's basically going to be how I feel. And you can even be like, hey, I want to hear more. No, we'll find out. Anyways, Cody, this is chapter 19. No rest for the dead. I'm this is another so chapter ready. that I'm splitting into multiple points Ooh. because it is 18 pages long, and that will be like an hour of reading. That is a good title, though. I'm just going to oh, yeah. say it. And good title. It explains itself towards the end of this chapter. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, no rest for the dead. Um, anywho. <clears throat> but Jordan, what if there's no dead for the rest? <laughs> there's no dead for the rest of us? Come on! We were supposed to have some. <laughs> anyways, chapter 19, no rest for the dead. We arrived back at the school with no issue. The drive this time was quiet with 
an air of seriousness. As always, Nate played music over the scenic drive through the typical Midwestern landscape. It was getting late in the day, the sun hung high in the sky, but would soon drift below the horizon. We spent so much time today driving back and forth and gathering supplies that I was surprised it wasn't night already. The gentle oranges and purples of the late summer sky caressed the dilapidated school building as we pulled up from the forested road. I was worried about doing the search at night, but Nate assured me things would be okay. They told me they planned to blow apart the monster's eyes with their perfect aim first to allow us more time to hide or escape. I wanted to display the same confidence that was constantly coursing through Nate's veins, but despite how much I faked it, I was panic-stricken about this part of the hunt. Nothing I could do would shake that feeling of dread. Nate slowed the car to a stop near this old school building and right before the second entrance of the woods. They motioned for me to get out and we went around the back to get our supplies. Taking a trek through the woods to find our source and our creature no longer seemed like the trivial task it was before, but now stood in front of me as a march to my own death. Nate was prepared, though. In the car was a large black no-name customized shotgun that looked like something out of a sci-fi war movie. Even though it seemed bulky, I knew Nate could handle the gun with ease. I, on the other hand, wouldn't be able to manage a weapon like that with my arm in the state it was in. My job was to hold the anomalous energy sensor and to guide our paths with the with an overpowered LED flashlight. The flashlight was the kind that could make the night sky look like daytime. It could also be used as a bludgeoning weapon if needed. The flashlight was a little heavy, but I strapped it to my waist for the time being rather than deal with the extra weight of my hands. Nay began their pr preparations by loading the shotgun with explosive rounds and clasping five more to the side of the gun. With the rounds on their waist, they had more than enough firepower to get us out of any jam. They noticed I was looking over their shoulder and then looked at me and then shrugged. It's a just in case. I promise you I'm not looking for a fight, they said nonchalantly. Don't worry, I get it, I said trying not to have an edge to my tone. I grabbed a small backpack complaining, containing more supplies jars and a couple of GPS markers that would be used to mark the spots where the source was if we found it. I am more worried about you worrying, Nate, back, Nate said back concerned. They grabbed the plastic cylinder containing a few cameras mounted to metal rods and slung it around their back. Nate had told me on the way here the cameras would be used to survey the area when we were away and help track the monster's movements. I'm fine. I know this is something we have to do, so let's do it, I said back as casually as possible. I could tell Nate easily saw through my facade of toughness. Even though I said I was fine, I was far from it. The sense of duty I had when we left the hospital was replaced with fear. I guess so, Nate said, scrunching up their nose at me. You ready? They closed the back door of the jeep and turned to the woods in front of us. I shrugged. As ready as I'll ever be, I said to Nate. Okay, let's follow these tracks so they converge on the source. Keep your eye on the sensor. Make sure any movement is not coming towards us, they said, taking a step towards the woods. I followed behind them, looking down at the sensor. It was a small black handheld device that looked like the mix between a satellite phone and a portable television. The moderate-sized screen showed a live map of the area that updated as we moved. It wasn't the most detailed, but it showed a generic view of the forest around us, and if I scrolled on the touchscreen, I could see the outline of the industrial sector. The map was lit up all over with yellow markings, signifying the presence of anomalous energy. I looked closely to see if I could see any movements within the yellow markings. 
Finally, I found a small dot that seemed like it was circling in the forest. It was far enough away from us that I was comfortable to carry on. Looks like we're in the clear, I called forward to Nate. They gave a silent thumbs up over their shoulder and kept walking. As we walked through the woods, we passed through what used to be a small, vibrant community, but now was one with the forest. It was like the community that was abandoned so long ago had given up to the elements. Though the community was most... I use the same words over and over and over and Doesn't, over Once again. you read that, doesn't it like drive your brain insane yes. when you realize you've like, done that? Censor, censor, uh, censor, censor, community, 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 community. It community. doesn't sound bad to me. Like, I don't notice when you do it, but when I do it, yeah, I when, notice it. I think it's like... I don't, I don't notice when you, notice you do, you but do when I, I do it, like, I literally just want to drive a screwdriver through my ear. Um, though the community was mostly intact, the roads and sidewalks had been torn up by demolition. They existed in chunks or pieces that were being overtaken by grass and weeds. The house of the community stood like monoliths amongst the dense trees. Paint chipped and peeled away from the exterior siding, and vines climbed up the roofs to make their homes. Doors had fallen down to be replaced by small plants going, growing in the openings. Looking through the windows had revealed that the houses were about the same inside as they were on the outside. Plants grew up through the floorboards, and bits and pieces of what was left was covered in mold or rot. Most of the houses were completely covered in wildlife that was continuing to creep closer to the dirt pathway that had been that we had been walking on. The tired feel of the ending day existed as quiet quiet white noise of animals and bugs as they prepare for the night ahead of them. I was sure that these homes, while no longer inhabited by humans, had become the homes of small woodland creatures to be used as they pleased. The black footprints that we were following did converge along the dirt road through the community, but they also broke off and circled around the houses and other landmarks. Like we saw with the school, our creature was definitely searching for something. Whatever it was, it seemed like the creature still hadn't found it. The tracks circled the buildings, but nothing was as torn up as any part of the school. They seemed to tell a story of a dog curiously sniffing out a place, rather than a violent, destructive monster. No matter how many times the tracks circled the houses in the area, they always returned to pacing up and down the main path. The path led back towards what was once a park and some small business, but were now the large pit that made up the man-made lake for the companies that owned the area. The sun continued to fall as we edged the end of the abandoned community, turning the orange and blue sky into hues of deep red and light purple. The relatively dense community began to spread out to a sparse one or two standing houses in the distance. If I remember correctly from the, an old map, not too far between us and the industrial area was a small abandoned church and maybe a community center. Ever since this area became the ghost town it is today, the modern maps show a blanket of forest rather than the details of a community long dead. Once we made it to the edge of the community, once we made it to the edge of the community, Nate doubled back to place some cameras. Things have been pretty quiet between us other than small talk about the area around us and more guesses as to what this creature's goal was. I wanted to stay quiet and focused to show Nate I was taking this seriously. In the back of my mind, I was afraid I would somehow disappoint them. I wanted to come off as someone who could handle this job, unlike what I had truly felt on the inside. When Nate finished placing the cameras, they caught back up to me, and we continued following the black goo footprints. They held the black shotgun steadily in their hands, but kept the barrel trained to the ground and the finger on the trigger. Knowing Nate, they would be ready to fire in a split second. Despite that, they always remained careful when dealing with the many weapons no name had trusted us with. 
Their eyes seem to sparkle in the setting sun, casting a focused look forward at the path in front of us. They bit their lip and then let out a quiet but deep breath before finally breaking the silence between us. You know you don't have to pretend, right? Nate said, glancing over at me. I knew what they were getting at, but I didn't quite know what to say back. What do you mean? I asked as we pushed forward. They were... They were the only words I could muster after Nate's blatant accusation. Oh, come on. Don't bullshit me, Nate said back quickly. I thought I sensed frustration, but I don't think that's how Nate was trying to present himself. I'm not trying to pretend. I am trying to take things seriously for this one, I said back with a shrug. I knew it was futile to lie to Nate, but I tried anyways. Futile? Futile. I wanted to be strong for them, even if it meant lying. The dirt and rock path began to narrow. This is where the original concrete path had ended, and now our dirt path was beginning to completely overtake, be to be completely overtaken yeah, by the wildlife, is what I think I meant to say. The track still continued to follow, follow, but as the sky above us was getting darker, paired with the dark greens of the grass, it was starting to get hard to follow the tracks without some external lining. I mean, everyone knows I'm the loud, straightforward one, and you are the more quiet, observant one. That doesn't mean I don't observe things around me. I see things. I notice things. Even if you aren't willing to say them out loud, Nate said, glancing over at me and giving a concerned look. Yeah, and what have you observed? I asked, still trying to keep things to myself. Man, you're really trying hard to avoid this, huh? Nate said, shaking their head. I raised an eyebrow but didn't say anything back. I know you... Better than you think I do. I can tell you're scared to be out here. Afraid that something is going to happen to us. To me. To you. It's in the way you walk. The way you talk. And the way you have moved away from everything that makes a sound out here. Look, it's not like... I tried to interject, but they cut me off before I can, could continue. It's okay. What we are doing is absolutely insane. It is scary. Anybody in their right mind would be terrified. Hell, even I'm on edge. It's easy to put on a brave face in front of Sarah, Jane, or even me. You don't have to pretend to be strong or tough. Let it out and know that I have your back. I promise I won't let anything happen to you, Nate said sincerely. I took a deep breath as we kept walking, navigating through the overgrowth of the forest. Every step forward put me more on edge. I know all that, but I signed up for this. I came into all of this thinking I could conquer it all, thinking I could be the one to face all the dangers so that n no one else would have to. Still, when we faced that thing, it was much more than I expected, and it broke my arm without even trying. All I could think is, if I messed this one up, I would be dead. I thought I was fearless. I thought I could be like the heroes I read, ab I read about as a kid. But the more I think about it, the more I realize I am completely and utterly out of my element here. I'm not a hero. I'm just some dude who has been putting on a brave face, I said. I didn't notice, but I think I was to the point of almost yelling. It was a stress that even I tried to hide from myself. I tried to play this character who faced all the anomalies without a care. I tried to be like Nate, but... That wasn't me. Glad you were able to let all of that out. It sounds like you're scared of dying. That's perfectly normal, Danny. This job is dangerous. If you weren't a little bit scared, I would be worried about you. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect, Nate said sympathetically. It wasn't always like this. When I faced a doppelganger, I didn't care what happened to me. I had all but given up and accepted death when I woke up in the no-name hospital. 
or when I saved Lambert, I was ready to let the time raves take me if it meant protecting you and the goat. The deaf butterflies didn't really bother me either. I don't know why I care so much about what happens to me now. I don't know why even thinking about death sends shivers down my spine. I said back quietly. Death was something that popped into my head from time to time, but it didn't seem to bother me before as much as it did now. Nate pulled back some tree branches so I could pass through an opening. The leaves and branches were coated with a thick black goo, and the path through the trees was completely trampled. I passed through and waited for Nate to take the lead again. Honestly, it sounds like he found something to live for, Nate said with a shrug. I remember after my dad died and I first started working at No Name, I didn't care what happened to me. I wanted to cut down every anomaly even if it meant me dying in the process. I simply didn't give a fuck about myself as long as it meant I got to tear apart an anomaly at the end of the day. Things changed as I kept pushing forward. I stopped being reckless with my own life and started appreciating the things around me. I still planned to stop every anomaly I came across, but that didn't have to come at the expense of my own life, Nate said, looking back at me with an, un with an unexpected look of sympathy. They were right. Something clicked back when I was under the control of the death butterflies. I had things I wanted to live for. I wasn't quite ready to tell Nate that one of those things was them, and that them being my partner was something that I pushed forward each day for. Nate didn't need to know all that quite yet. So, what changed for you? I asked Nate as we stepped over a fallen log in our way. It didn't look like it was downed by the creature, but the creature clearly went this way as it was covered in more of the black goo. I couldn't tell if we were getting close to a source yet or simply exploring the mad movements of a rabbit beast. I kept checking the sensors for movement, but it looked like we were in the clear. The beast stayed far away in the opposite direction. Hopefully, it found something to distract itself with. We needed all the time to ourselves we could get. I just wanted to wake up every morning and breathe, Nate said with a slight smile and a shrug. That's all? I asked. Seems like a pretty small reason. No, really. That's it. I was lonely for a long time, angry for even longer. I used to think, why did my dad have to die and not me? Then I realized that my dad gave his life for mine, gave me a chance to wake up every morning and breathe. The things in this life are worth living for, even if it takes all takes you forever to realize that. Every morning, every morning that I wake up and I take a deep breath is, is another morning that I get to experience life. I get to drink shitty beers at a bar. I get to hang out with my closest friend and I get to conquer new normals that I didn't think were possible. All it takes is waking up and breathing. That's why I keep living. It's to experience the next day. Nate said sincerely and confidently. They had a point. Everything we were doing was insane and dangerous. Without noticing, making it through to the next day had become a small goal of mine. It seemed so natural, but at the same time, unnatural. I realized I truly, I never truly cared about myself until meeting Nate and working for No Name. I knew I was no hero, but I longed to do something good in this world. I didn't picture you as a romantic, I said with a slight chuckle. Hey, fuck you, buddy, they responded in kind. But really, Danny, it's okay to be scared. We will make it through this one, and the next, and many more after that. We both have our heads on straight this time, so there's no stopping us. I hope so, I said back. Nothing would calm the fear and anxiety. I knew it wasn't something that would simply go away without action. I knew the one way to get over this was to face the fear, find the source, and stop the monster. We needed to push forward no matter what. 
I guess I have my things I want to live for, but at the same time, that makes me even more scared. What if we don't make it through this? What if we are cut out for this one and end up getting killed by this thing? Sounds like this stuff has been eating you up inside, they replied concerned. It's something I struggled with my entire life. What if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not cut out for all this? I keep thinking of myself as I was always cut out for this, as if I was some sort of hero. But what if I'm just lying to myself, I said. I realized I was more frantic than I previously thought. Had I been holding all this... Had I been holding this all in trying to put on a brave face for Nate the entire time I worked at No Name? I felt like I was flailing with this job, as if I was struggling every step of the way. Nate turned backwards and shrugged. I knew I couldn't expect Nate to have all the answers, but I wanted to believe that they knew how I felt. The shrug felt like, the shrug felt like an empty response, but then they said, Maybe you are cut out for this. Maybe you aren't. We won't know automatically. Things change second by second. There is no way to truly know if we are ready for this stuff or not. All that actually matters is that we try, and that we learn from the past mistakes. We fail, we get back up, and we try again. That's another reason to keep on living, is that we can keep taking a step forward every day, Nate said with ease. You seem so nonchalant about things sometimes, I said back, like this all comes easy for you. It doesn't. None of this is easy. I got used to it after a while. I'm just like you, filled with fear and self-doubt. Still, if I let that take over, I would have failed out of this a long time ago, they said. It's easier said than done. I wish I could have your confidence and way of looking at things. I felt defeated by this job, but Nate's own confidence did give me hope. It took me years to get here, and I wouldn't be surprised if it takes you just as long to get used to the con- used to constantly being in danger or under fire. They paused for a second, and I almost bumped into them when they stopped. They looked at me and gave a look of sincerity and care. Trust in me as your partner. Trust in me to help keep things under control. I do trust you more than you know, I said honestly. Despite me giving you a hard time for some of your antics, I trust you. Good, because if you didn't, I would have had to shoot you, Nate said with a smile and a laugh. I gave a slight chuckle back. My nerves were still highly strung, but I knew I could count on them for anything out here. After that short break, we kept pushing forward. We pushed through the deep brush back into the area where the forest was less dense. From the map, I could tell we were nearing the area with the church and the rundown community center. Before long, we would be back near the industrial area, and when that happened, we would officially be trespassing. I know Nate was already weaving a lie if we did end up caught for trespassing, though it would be hard to convince anyone we weren't up to no good when Nate was wielding a custom shotgun and I had a beeping map straight out of a sci-fi movie. I looked closely at the map. The further we walked forward, the better the sensor picked up on the anomalous energy. The creature was about a mile away from us and looked like a tiny blip on the map. The area in front of us was lit up brightly, and following the pathing further along, the signal only grew bigger. We were getting closer. I was sure that between where we stood and the industrial sector is where our source had to be. Hey, I think we're almost there, I called out. I'd say, Nate called back. They had kept walking forward and were now crouched down next to something. It was it was finally dark out and difficult to see what Nate was crouching near. I struggled to pull the flashlight off my hip and hold it and hold the sensor in my hand. 
Finally, I managed to get the light out and shine it towards Nate. They were crouched in front of what looked like a pool of water. Though, when I shined the light on what I assumed was water, there was no glittering reflection of light. Instead, the black pooling liquid in front of Nate absorbed most of the beam of light. Rather than being splatters of dew or remnants of the monster, we had finally stumbled upon a large amount of what the creature was made of. The liquid didn't stop in a puddle. It went further back into the woods as if we were at the end of a creek or a small stream. Despite how hopeless this mission had felt, we finally found it. We had found our first sign of a source. You think this is it? I asked Nate. Looks like it, they said back. The question is, where is it coming from? I put the sensor down and pulled my pack around to the front. I rummaged through, the, through it to get sampling jars for the source. Let's take a few samples and follow this thing down. I'm guessing there's a lot more where this came from, I said back, struggling to get everything out of the bag. Looks like this is only a runoff. There's probably more to this black liquid. I wonder how bad things are, Nate said, trailing off. I picked up all of my equipment and moved to the body of the black goo that Nate was inspecting. It was a struggle to do everything with a broken arm, but they helped me get a hold of my things and take samples. From taking the samples, I could tell that the liquid wasn't too deep. It seemed like just enough to pull together. It also seemed like the ground could not absorb too much of the liquid, so it sat there like an oil stain. It stuck. I stuck everything back in my pack and grabbed the sensor with my broken arm and then rested the flashlight on my cast. It was the most comfortable way to handle things despite everything still hurting. The best I could do was manage the pain throughout the night and hope that I would be able to rest soon. Shall we? I said, motioning that we should follow the Black Creek. Yeah, let's keep going, but stay alert. Something feels off to me, they said quietly. They seemed to hunch down a little bit and focused on staying quiet as they moved around the Black Goo. When taking the sample, I noticed the liquid wasn't as thick as the goo we took from the monster. It was almost as if the monster was ev was an evolved version of this liquid, as if the liquid had formed into the monster for some reason. There were so many questions, and it seemed like it was taking forever to get answers. And that is the end of my part. I See like what I mean? That. The I like sheer difference between seven pages of my writing and seven pages of yours. <laughs> yes, significant. significant yeah. Mine was like closer to like 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's actually. Yeah, I think he curious. ended around like fifty. I think yeah. he ended about fifty. <laughs> about about, yeah, about so. thirty. Yeah, no. Um, I definitely need to go back and edit this before I read the next part. Um, no, I mean like that. Like, yeah, whatever. Like that happens. But I, I liked the, I liked the little bit of like argument between the characters. I think that's good. I like the like slow burn yeah. relationship. Well, that's what I said. Um, and I say this every episode, but I want it to slow down the relationship so it's not just like, hey, suddenly they're friends. Because, like, a lot of shows and a right, lot of, like, yeah. books do that where it's like, hey, they talked once and now they would die for each other. <laughs> it's like... Right. <laughs> that's not how things work. No, I know what you mean. I think you're doing a good job of making it feel, like, grown. Like, it took time to, to get there and that they care about each other for a reason, you know? And so I really enjoy that. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I, I really put a lot into these few chapters. Um, like... I don't know how many chapters you have left, but if I'm doing this in three parts and then like another, okay, so I have this one, I have after that. I think it's gonna be possible yeah. that we're gonna have a so mismatch have, on how. So long two more parts of this one. So that's two know. weeks, three, four, 
five. So I have five more parts, possibly six or seven, depending if I split the other ones. I would assume I have more than five. Um, depending on page count, I might split like a couple of them. But yeah, for the most part, I have yeah. five, five more weeks. But yeah, no, no, I, I, I really enjoy writing this. I mean, I, as I like started reading, I realized, oh yeah, I never gave the summary of what had been happening. Whatever, figure it out, losers. <laughs> no, I think that's fine. Like I was able to keep up with what's going on. It took me a minute to like remember, but then like once I got into it, yeah, I remember giant what monster. was happening. No, I just, I like the way the two characters interact. I think that they're, like, the way their relationship is growing is really interesting. I'm enjoying that. Um, I thought your descriptions were really good, uh, you know, funnily enough, as we talked about, like, the difference between dialogue and descriptions. I thought it, like, set the scene really well and, like, kind of was, like, tense, you know, that it's, like, slowly getting to that thing. That was, like, my main goal is, like, to, because we kind of talked about this with when we talked about cyberpunk, is, like, setting these things that happen is very important like the scene where like you walk out and talk to misty she's sitting on the street the sun's beating down you can hear the quiet bits of the road i wanted to make the descriptions as like um not realistic but like as familiar as like as um descriptive as possible so that you could place yourself in a specific um mindset for this so like the setting sun the fact that the sky has gone from like blues to orange from orange to purple and red and now like this dark navy like i wanted to like have it because that's like that, that's something you notice especially like walking out of nature you notice it getting darker and i, I just wanted to put the mindset yeah. there so like you feel it as you're going because like i could just have this whole thing and then not describe what's happening and you could assume it however but i want it to make the next few chapters at specific times and specific feels no i think you're doing a good job of that for sure well thank you i i really i'm really trying i'm really i like what i've written like reading it again is like oh this could be something that someone would read and like and i'm like hey i like that i think like the thing that kills me about like when i try to write descriptions is that like i think i can do it i just don't enjoy it i hate doing it is the problem so then i think sometimes i cop out on it I don't bother because it's just not the part that I enjoy. Like, every time I'm describing scenery, it feels like I'm just basically trying to get to the next part where I can have dialogue, (laughs) which is probably bad. I need to, like, get over that in my own writing because it's definitely a weakness that I have that I shouldn't just, you know, own and assume is something I have to have forever. Yeah, I mean, you... Like, the thing is, you can write good descriptions i think i do sometimes yeah like yeah you you have like that's what i'm saying you you have before like there have been times when i was like okay this is like really good what you've done like and i'm not saying that like oh sometimes you write good descriptions other times you write bad no sometimes you write good descriptions other times you just don't yeah (laughs) and i I think the times when you like and i and i think you're a little bit more critical on yourself because writing a good description is a little bit harder to do and i remember like there was when we were doing the very first story series, like when the story about Magdalene and all that, that I was doing, you're like, Oh yeah, that was a really good description. I felt like I was there. I'm like, but, and, but then you also, I couldn't have done that. I was like, I think you can Cody. I think that you no, especially like, in this story, like there's descriptive it. parts that I like. I just don't like writing them. <laughs> so I, I yeah, yeah, do yeah, them yeah, as yeah. briefly as possible, which I think is sometimes good. Like I don't particularly want to be long winded in descriptions. Cause I think that they can get long in the tooth unnecessarily. Not saying that's what you do. Um, but I want them to be like brief and to the point, but I think 
sometimes I go too far in that, and that's like a place I should work on for sure. Yeah, I agree, and I'm, I'm, hey man, that's what this show, that's literally what the show has turned into is us like working on our writing. Well, yeah, right, and, like right. working on a scripture, working on a world. These are not like, like finished things, you know. Yeah. As you can tell, when I stop in the middle of the sentence and have to rewrite it, it's these are drafts. These, this is like, and I mean, I know you don't really have the desire to like publish or like go any further than this, and maybe you do, and we just haven't talked about it since. But like, I do, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but it is something I want to do. I think it's probably that like uh, I'm I'm not gonna chase it that hard with all yeah. the other things that are happening in my life. <laughs> you know yeah 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 you have a bunch of stuff and that's fine we just have two different ideas yeah. of what this is and that's why this show exists because it's like we're able it started out trying to get all of our dumb ideas out of our heads and then we made a really weird bad episode and we're like let's just actually focus on like a major idea at a time yeah right <laughs> instead of just and yeah just just diarrhea all over a page i will say having done world shop it makes uh world building for a you know dungeons and dragons a lot easier (laughs) you know yeah i feel more natural doing that well i mean that's that was like the original point when like you pitched this show to me was to specifically create world tour dungeon yeah dungeons and dragon settings yeah and we immediately drop that (laughs) like like i think we got two we got like two like five episodes in and they're like oh we could just make anything yeah we could make this for movies or stories or whatever yeah you know there were frequently settings that i would do where i'm like this could definitely be an rpg even you know later on in the thing but then there were definitely settings that were just fun you know it was just you know fun creative writing yeah yeah no and i mean look we're gonna do worlds just i have my head stuck up my ass about this one <laughs> um anyways but yeah no, I, we talked too much um yeah you do we do pl- plugs it's been like a month plugs <laughs> all right uh do you want me to go first wandering gamer network uh twitch wandering underscore gamers uh podcast wandering gamer network we just started my game called wanderlust uh about a solar punk society where people have a drive to wander out into the wild and see what um, nature, specifically not created for humanity, looks like. Prepare yourself for five minutes of me talking about things I do. Um, so first, I do a, uh, I guess, weekly talk show on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash something, I guess, zero zero. Expelled exactly how it sounds, but I do a... Um, weekly anime talk show with my buddy Will, where we talk about all things anime, old animes, new animes, bad animes, good animes. Um, and then we also, because we are two very diverse people, um, we also end up talking about diversity in anime quite a bit. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in that kind of thing, you can check that out. The show is called We Belong. It is uh, Wednesdays at... 5 30 p.m mountain standard time that's um seven eastern six central and five um pacific um and then you can check out my other podcast side characters podcast um you can check that out on podbean and um 
Spotify, and I think maybe even Stitcher. Um, and that is a podcast about diversity and nerd culture. We have an episode that's coming out soon after I move about Leah's travels in Japan and um, some of the things that she noticed while she was there. And then you can check me out hopefully soon on the other show I do with my partner, Trin, where we talk about um, the worst of 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 the worst fan fictions of all times. We've done My Immortal. We've done things like My Immortal, and all of them have been bad. Um, and you know what? I don't even care if I have more plugs. Just check those out. No, so. I mean, I can say for sure that Chaos Fiction Theater is a bad podcast slash stream. It, it is specifically a bad stream. Like our brains die on that, and it's very fun to do with Trin. Like they they're they're a good bug. Um, but yeah. So other than that, you got anything else you want to say, Cody? Um, you know, hi. How's it- okay, thank you guys. Uh, we'll <laughs> catch y'all on the flip side. Bye.